Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 1 on why God waited to day 6 to create man and how God prepared the world for man when he arrived because our God is a preparing God. Now, this message, like always, is available free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, and also on iTunes.com by searching for the Friendship with God podcast. So you've been enjoying the Friendship with God radio program, and some of you are just uh, new or unfamiliar with Tom Cantor. Maybe you haven't heard his testimony. So who is Tom Cantor? Well, Tom Cantor is an amazing man of faith and has a wonderful testimony that you're going to want to hear if you haven't heard it already. And Tom Cantor is not just a great Bible teacher, pastor, successful scientist, author, patent owner, and CEO, but he is also a Jewish Christian who is a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ with an amazing testimony book and life story on DVD that we want to offer you as our resource of the month. Now, just a little insight on Tom Cantor. He is the CEO and president of Scanabody's Laboratory Incorporated. It's one of the largest privately held biotech companies in the world, and it's represented on five continents and has over 700 employees. Tom Cantor is also the 2009 Whistleblower of the Year Award recipient winner, helping thousands of patients' lives by speaking the truth against a billion-dollar Goliath company that was harming its patients. But if you ask Tom Cantor, all of his accomplishments in life are not as important compared to what God has done through him and his business that he uses as missions. Now, if you want to hear this exciting testimony of Tom Cantor, we've got a book of Tom Cantor's testimony called... How a Jew Came to Know and Put His Trust in the Jewish Messiah. And we've got this book for you as well as his life story on DVD. We want to give that to you as our resource of the month for a donation of any amount to the Friendship with God radio program to help us continue on this station in your city and also to help support Jewish evangelism and the gospel going out through Israel Restoration Ministries, which Tom Cantor is the founder of, and also edifying you, the listener, on this Bible teaching radio program. So call us with a donation of any amount. Get Tom Cantor's testimony in a booklet form and on DVD, 1-800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051. We'll send this to you. It's also a great gift, a resource to give to a lost Jewish friend, maybe somebody you know, a business owner, friend, co-worker, someone in your family, one 800 You can also order it online at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or again, call us now or after the program, 800-247-3051. Now, here's Tom Cantor teaching us why God waited until day six to create man and how God prepared the world for man when he arrived, because our God is a preparing God. Father, we're so prone to steal your credit and to be proud and unthankful. And Lord, from the study this morning, we pray that you would open our eyes, that we might see all you've done and bring us to know that we're just men. We're only men. And from this knowledge, Lord, help us to become a humble and a thankful people. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, you turn in Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to read this chapter, and and as I do, I'm going to emphasize certain words, and I want you to take note of that as we go through this. Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, 
And there God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. The evening and the morning were the first day, and God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. It was so, and God called the firmament heaven. The evening and the morning were the second day, and God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called these seas, and God saw it was good. God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit. After his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed is in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day, and God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the light from the night, the day from the night, and let them be for signs, for seasons, for days, for years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the, of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good. Your evening and morning were the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that they may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters and the seas, let the, earth, the fowl multiply in the earth. In the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the, creep, the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things, and the beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image. After our likeness, and then let them have dominion over the sea, a fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created him, male and female, and created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in the f- which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you. It shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, you want a short phrase to describe Genesis 1? It would be those words in Genesis uh, 1, that verse 29, where he says, I've given to you, to you, for you. That's what God told man. Now, there's one word that's going to describe this chapter, and at the end of the class today, I'm going to ask you what that word is. I think it'll be very obvious to you. But first of all, let me start with a question. In your mind, why did God wait until the sixth day to create man? Why didn't God make man earlier than the sixth day? What do you think? He had to build the house. He had to furnish it, too. He had to build it and furnish it. All right, good. The world, as we just as, as, as been said, The world wasn't ready for man yet. 
as Clint said, he had to build the house and he had to furnish the house. God had to first prepare the world for man. Now, what we get to see here is God the great preparer at work. And so let's have a look at this and look at this again and keep this in mind. So I was trying to emphasize as we read those verses. How did God prepare the earth for man? Well, in verse 3, we saw God was created the light. So that so that what you saw last week when you have visitors to come to our San Diego, the light enables them to see for themselves San Diego. So you don't have to say to them, if you could see, this is what you'd see. <laughs> they could see it for themselves. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth. Because then men could see for themselves. Until he came, man had only heard about God, but man hadn't seen God. But after he came as the light of the world, in John 1.14, it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld we could see for ourselves that, that with no one telling us about him, we could see his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. That's why he said in John 14, 9, when he was speaking to Philip, he said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. So he created the light. And in the first thing, actually the first thing he did after he had the new creation of heaven and earth was to create the light. That's what the first thing he did. Turn to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now that was the creation of the earth and the heaven. Now look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? He's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So what is a, what is a new Christian called? A new Christian is called a new creation. A new creation. And what's the first thing? Look, turn a chapter back, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. The first thing that God does for that new creature in Christ, that new creation, it says is God who commanded, what? The light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give what? The light, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So just as when he made the earth and he made the heavens, the first thing he did was create the light. So it is that when, when there's a new Christian, a new creation in Christ, the first thing he does is the light is created. The light is commanded, go on, so that they understand who God is. They understand who the Lord Jesus Christ is. That's the first thing that he does. Now, he also prepared the earth for man by not only creating the light, but then he prepared the earth by separating the light from the darkness. That was what he did at the end of day one. In verse three, we're going to ask the question now, was God finished with the light? Was he going to do anything more with the light? Yes, he's going to do something more with the light. So he's not quite finished yet. And we're going to see as we get a little bit further down in this chapter that God is going to do more with the light. But he can't do anything more with the light right now until he creates a place for these, for these things that he's going to create, for these lights that he's going to create. So now he goes about and he creates this new place. And what's the new place called in verse 6? The firmament, the firmament, if you were living in King James Day, you would say the firmament. <laughs> um, the firmament, God prepared the earth 
for man by go creating this place for the lights to be. Water's under the firmament, water's above the firmament, that in-between part, that's the firmament. That's the firmament, the rakia. It divided the waters from under the firmament from the waters that are above the firmament. Now, what's the next thing that God did to prepare the earth for man in verse 9? He gathered all the waters together into one place so that what would appear? The dry land would appear. And what did he call the dry land? He called it earth. He said, that's earth. And the earth's a wonderful place. It's got meadows and deserts and mountains and fields and shopping centers. No, (laughs) but it's a wonderful place, the dry land, the earth. And that's what he did to prepare, prepare for man's coming. And then the gathering together of the waters, what did he call that? Seas, yamim. And that word means the, not just the oceans, but it's the oceans, and it's the seas, and it's the lakes, and it's the rivers, and it's the streams, and it's the brooks. That was the end of the second day in his preparation work. Now, why did he gather together all those waters together? Okay, look, in, in Psalm 104, Verse 10, he says, it says here why he did that. There's a wonderful verse here. I don't want you to miss this one. Psalm 104, verses 10 through 14. This has got some great truths in here about the gathering together of the waters. But it says in verse 10, he sendeth the springs into the valley which run among the hills. Isn't that wonderful? God, they didn't just happen. God sent those springs. He sent them. That's what it says. And then in verse 11, it says, They give drink to every beast of the field. He sent those to give drink to the beasts of the field. And then it says, the wild asses quench their thirst. He knew they'd have thirst. So he sent those streams there to quench their thirst. By them shall the fowls of the heaven have their habitation, which sing among the branches. Notice verse 13. He watereth the hills from his chambers. It's from God's chambers as the earth, the, the rain is referred to as the water coming down. The earth is satisfied. The earth had a need, but the earth was satisfied with the fruit of thy work. Verse 14, he causeth the grass to grow for the cattle and herb for the service of man. Why? That he might bring forth food out of the ground, out of the earth, out of the earth. So why did he do all that? Because he prepared. He was preparing the earth. He was preparing it for man. And so he had to make the system to water the earth, which is spoken of in such personal terms as he sent it there. And he caused it to to grow. and, And he opened up his chambers from heaven. Psalm 95 verse 5 puts it like this. The sea is his. It's God's. The sea is his. And he made it. And his hands formed the dry land, the yatsar, like the potter. He squeezed it into shape. He made it just right. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It says, The world and they that dwell therein. Now, what makes us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, different from the rest of the world is that We take our stand against that nonsense science that says it all just kind of fell together. You know, in the beginning there was a big bang and now we have everything. All right, turn to Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, verse 9. This is a very important position that we take. Jonah 
chapter 1, verse 9. Okay. Now, here's Jonah. He's in the middle of, 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 uh, of people that don't know God. They have no knowledge of God. And he identifies himself, and he takes a stand. Okay? That, that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is that there was a whole lot of trouble going on, and everybody wanted to know what's the reason for the trouble. And in verse 9, he says, I'm a Hebrew. That's it. Say no more. We understand now. <laughs> but that's not the point we're trying to make this morning. <laughs> he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven which hath made the sea and the dry land. We are so bombarded with the lie of evolution. It's therapeutic for us this morning to say what he said together. Let's say it together, but don't say you're a Hebrew. Say we're a Christian, okay? I am a Christian. Let's say it together. I am a Christian. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which made the sea and the dry land. Let's say it together. I am a Christian, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which made the sea and the dry land. That's a wonderful confession to make. Because that's what we believe. And as we read this, we are saying, we believe this happened. We believe this in Genesis 1. God prepared the earth for man by doing all this. God made three divisions in Genesis 1 to prepare the earth for man. You know what those were? What's the first division he made? Light from darkness. What's the second division he made? Yeah, he, he, when he did that, he also separated, he made the dry land from the seas, and then this one, he separated the liquid water from the vapor water. Now, God has made a provision, as we've seen here, to have dry land and a way to water the land, and he can now move on to the next preparation for man. And what's the next thing he did in verse 12? It may seem like it's not significant to you, because you probably buy, buy Roundup to kill it. But anyway, what does it say in verse 12? He made the, yeah, the grass, the herbs, grass. I don't know if yours says grass. Mine says grass, but anyway. Grasses, grasses. He made grasses. And those are wonderful. Grasses are so important. You know, we don't think they're so important now because we destroyed them all in our country. This place used to be, the United States used to be, have these vast areas called grasslands. But in Africa, you really see the importance of the grass feeding all those animals. Elephants eat 400 pounds of grass a day. That's what they do. And, and, and as you know, we have about 200 goats. They don't eat that much. But we, we feed them baled alfalfa, our goats. We used to. And it's expensive. Unless we switched to pellets. It doesn't matter. It's very expensive. But when I was in Tanzania and I saw this herd of 200 elephants, I got, you know, started thinking about how much does it cost to feed those elephants. Got very, very nervous because those 200, that, that one herd, uh, those 200 elephants, I got very nervous because I realized they're eating 80,000 pounds of grass a day. This herd, just one herd, 80,000 pounds. If we had to buy alfalfa, that would cost $3 million a year. Sure glad they weren't mine. But, and that's just one of the herds. And they're not the only ones eating the grass there. The gazelles are eating the grass, and the, and the antelopes are eating the grass, and the wildebeest are eating the grass, and the, the water buffaloes eating the grass. Everything's eating grass. All these herbivore animals. And, and God prepared those grasses for those animals. And they didn't look like they were going hungry. And, and so he made the grass. He put the plants on the earth for man, and the fruit trees he put on the earth for man. Preparation, preparation, preparation. 
And in verse 14, now he goes back to do what he had started earlier with the light, and he creates, and that he had already created the the light in verse 3. Now he's going back in verses 14 through 16, and he he makes uh, uh, more lights. And he makes a greater light, which is called what? The sun. And he makes a lesser light, which is called the moon, right? And he made the stars also. So he was preparing the earth for man when he made those lights. And he put those lights up in the sky as part of the preparation of the earth for man. And there are six purposes which are listed here for these lights that he put up there. What's the first one in verse 14? Yeah, he would divide the day from the light. So why is that important? Well, so man could have a time to, to work and a time to rest. Unless you work the third shift. It's a big deal to be able to have that. I was one time in the northern part of Finland in the summertime. It never got dark. It was terrible. You had to pull these shades down in the hotel. And it was dark. It was a very weird problem. But anyway, the second reason he, he did that, what's the second re- purpose? What does it say? Signs, otot. To communicate to man for special communications that God wanted to have with man. Special communications. What did they say, these special communications? What did they say when the wise men came from the east in, in Matthew 2? They said what? They said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Special sign from the star. And so they came, they communicated special communication from God. In Luke 21, 25, it says, and there's going to be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations, perplexity, seas, waves. So, but God was going to make special communication to man of the tribulation, the terrible time from the signs and the sun and the moon and the stars. It says in Mark 13, 24, in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And what happened? What was the great sign? Because it's just, we're at Easter now, but a couple days before on Good Friday, what did God do as a sign in the sky? He made the sun go dark. He made the sun go dark so he could communicate to man. This is the, this is the sacrifice. This is the death of the sacrifice. The sun will be blotted out at this time from giving her light. That was a sign that he did. And in Acts 2, 19-21, where it's really quoting from Joel, and it's, he says, I will show wonders in heaven above, the signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor, the sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And then he says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So those signs are also meant so that God can say, this is serious, this is the time, now is your day. Call on the name of the Lord to be saved. That's also part of it. And he would use those lights in the sky, in other words, to show man he's in real trouble. And that he promised that in that time, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Third purpose, seasons, seasons, moed. This is the word for holidays or celebrations. By the, we just had one here in the, in the breaking of the bread. That was a celebration. That was a holy time. It was, and by those lights that God prepared and put for man on the earth here, so he could, man could know when to observe the holidays or the special times to worship God. We just had one last week. Passover, Good Friday, the fulfillment of Passover, 
the holiday we're celebrating today, Resurrection Day, otherwise known as Easter, where we remember and worship the Lord Jesus Christ, that he rose from the dead, right? And how do we know that? Because we have the see, we have how God set it up so we can know every year when we're supposed to celebrate that. Other holidays, five holidays, one was Passover, right? What's another one? Rosh Hashanah, Shavuot, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, okay? So all of those, those five holidays, God says, very, very important in your lives that you continue to celebrate those holidays, that you you have your memory jog, this do in remembrance of me, so that you'll know how to do that. I'm going to give you a system so that you'll track when you should do that. He knew, God knew, when he created man, that he was going to create man with a tremendous capacity for God, a tremendous need to worship God. A tremendous thirst and hunger for God. And he also knew that at the same time, if man turned away from God, that he would be left with a tremendous emptiness without God. A tremendous big hole in the heart. A tremendous hunger. A tremendous thirst. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. Look for Tom Cantor on Facebook. Just search for Tom Cantor, Israel Restoration Ministries, or the Friendship with God radio program on Facebook. There you'll receive information from Tom Cantor as well as his daily devotional verse that will be posted on the Friendship with God page or on Tom Cantor's Facebook page. Now you can help support the Friendship with God radio program by donating online at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Donate online at friendshipwithgod.org. Help support this Bible teaching radio broadcast that you enjoy so much. Or call us with your support at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. You can also get our resource of the month, Tom Cantor's testimony on DVD and in a booklet form for a donation of any amount. 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening.